Welcome to the Jumpstart Your Faith podcast channel, where you will receive the essential tools to take your faith to the next level. I am your host, Brian Ratliff, and I currently pastor Clearbrook Baptist Church in Roanoke, Virginia. Here is the latest message preached from one of our services. Grab your Bible, pen, notepad, and get ready to jumpstart your faith. It's a new year, 2019, and I want to share with you the top 10 New Year's resolutions for success and happiness in the year of 2019. A recent survey of 2,000 people said, number one, 71% of people said this was their number one New Year's resolution, to diet and eat healthier. <laughs> 65% said, number two, to exercise more. It's interesting, this article said that by January 31st, the majority of the folks who were surveyed or who will make a New Year's resolution will give up their New Year's resolution. 54% said number three, to lose weight. So we've got diet and eating healthy, we got exercise and we got losing weight. Number four, 32% of these 2,000 people said to save more and spend less. That's an attribute we all should practice. Number five, 26% of people said learn a new skill or hobby. Number six, I think this is a good one, 21% of these folks said they're going to quit smoking. Number seven, 17% said read more. 16%, and maybe you're in this category, find another job. Number nine, 15% said they would drink less alcohol. Perhaps they should just not drink it at all. Number 10, 13% said they're going to spend time or spend more time with their friends and family. What New Year's resolutions have you made so far this year? And which ones have you already broken? Today, I want to share with you a New Year's resolution that I have written down that I think we all should take and apply to our lives. Three words that I want to label as my sermon today. Give God 2019. Give God 2019. By means of introduction, we come to the book of James. The book of James can, can be summarized by the Proverbs of the New Testament. That is, if we want to get a little bit wiser in our relationship with God or just about life in general, we can, yes, go back to the Old Testament and read the book of Proverbs, but also we can read the book of James. We find that the book of James reveals a whole lot about life. James chapter 1 talks about how if anybody lacks wisdom, we can simply ask God for that wisdom and He will give it to us. In James chapter 2, it talks about how we should not show favoritism to somebody who is wealthy or to somebody who is poor. We should treat everybody the same because we're all made in the image of God. James chapter number 3 talks uh, about, about the tongue and how the tongue is a fire and it has deadly poison and it can poison our lives if we allow it. And then James chapter 4, we come to our section that we're reading today. In this passage, it talks about how our life is simply a vapor that appears for a little time and vanishes away. You know, as I was thinking about 2018, I thought about this thought, how fast did it go away? Wow. It seems just like yesterday it was January the 1st, 2018. And here we are in January of 2019. Not only do years pass very rapidly, but our lives pass very rapidly. And sooner or later, we're going to look back on 2019 and we're going to ask ourselves, how well do we live this year for God? Today, if we could do anything, I believe we should just simply do this. Give God 2019. 
Here's a statement that I've been meditating on recently, and I want to share with you. If Christ is not our identity, then we will live a life of vanity. If Christ is not our identity, then we will live a life of vanity. Yes, I'm saying that if you devote the rest of your life to making money and that alone, you've wasted your life. Yes, I'm saying if you devote the rest of your life to climbing up the career ladder, you've wasted your life. Yes, I'm saying that if you dedicate the rest of your life to raising a family and that alone, you've wasted your life. Yes, I'm saying if you've dedicated the, the rest of your life to just simply buying a really nice luxury car or home, you've completely wasted your life. You see, the purpose of this life is to make sure that our identity is in nothing else but Jesus Christ and Him alone. Where is your identity found? Is your identity found in politics? Because if it is, may God's uh, mercy be upon you. <laughs> wow, there's a lot of potential there, but I'm going to keep moving forward. I hope that your identity is not in politics, but I hope your identity is found in the Prince of Peace because we know politics can't provide peace, but we know God Almighty can provide peace. Identity is only found in Jesus Christ or your life is a complete waste. Yes, you could become the president of the United States, but if you died and went to hell, you lived a life in vain. Yes, you could become a great CEO of some major corporation and have a billion dollar uh, business. But if your identity is not found in Jesus Christ, it was a complete waste. Today, I want to ask and answer this question. How can we give God 2019. I just want to give it to you the way God gave it to me as I was meditating and preparing for this sermon. I want to give you three steps of how we can give God 2019. Step number one, give God 2019 by meditating in the Word. Give God 2019 by meditating in the Word. James chapter 4, it talks about how our life is simply a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Wouldn't you think that, that if we don't want to waste our life, we would spend time meditating upon the greatest book that our world has ever seen? Do you think it's a coincidence that the very first book ever printed on a printing press, it was not the Quran, it was not the, the encyclopedia, but it was the Bible, the very words of the living God. Do you think it's a coincidence that people are giving their life as a means to we can have the word of God just in our language? If you go back and study church history, you know what you find? You find that people died at the stake. They were burned alive. They were beheaded. They were, they were tortured so we could have the English Bible. Their life was not lived in vain because here we are reading the Word of God. May I also share this? That if we fail to meditate upon God's Word, we may never receive salvation. Remember what Paul said? He said, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the very Word of God. So, yes, I know that a preacher might preach a sermon, like myself, and that, that sermon might, might sway you through the Spirit of God and through the Word of God to accept Christ as Savior, but if that preacher doesn't quote or present the Word of God, then you'll never get saved. The Bible tells us very early in this book that the Bible was, was written for our learning, for our admonition, so that we could understand God. I wonder, are we doing a good job about understanding God? The only way we can get to know God 
is by meditating in the Word of God. Now, now I want you to know that when I say meditation, I'm not talking about a Buddhist monk sitting on top of some, some, some temple up in the Himalaya mountains and, and humming with his knees and legs crossed sitting Indian style. That's not what I'm referring to in meditation. Meditation, in the biblical perspective, it's, it's, it's reading, it's studying, and it's thinking about the very Word of God. You know, we give a lot of reading and attention to the newspaper, to CNN, to Fox, to all these articles, to, to Facebook, to Instagram, to all the social media. But I wonder if this new year, if we would set our devices aside and open up the greatest device that our world has ever received, and that is the Word of God. Perhaps it's time we get off Facebook and get our face in the book. Can I get a witness this, this morning in the house of God? Give God 2019 by meditating in the Word. Remember in Psalm chapter 1, the Bible talks about how the man who meditates in the Word of God is a blessed man, and he, he does so every day and every night. In Psalm 119, verse 105, the Bible says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Do you want direction in your life for your future? Well, you find it right here in the word of God. The Bible tells us to trust in him and lean not to our own understanding. In all of our ways, acknowledge him and he will direct our paths. Colossians chapter 1, verse 10 says, Increasing in the knowledge of God. Hear me well today. If we're not increasing our knowledge of the word of God, then we are decreasing our knowledge of the word of God. 2 Timothy chapter number 2 says, Study to show thyself approved unto God. You know, I wonder if we would just look back at 20, 2018. I wonder how well we would be approved in the eyes of God in regards to the time that we spent meditating in the Word. Job, the great man who lost everything and then some, said, I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Man, that hits me to the core because whether you believe it or not, I like to eat a lot. And I mean a lot. I am a preacher and all. I don't know where the food goes, but it goes somewhere. But you know, it's interesting that sometimes we forget that we need God more than we need food. We need God more than we need the air that we breathe and we need God more than the water that we drink. I wrote down this, spend time reading the Word. I want to share this with you. I only share this with you as an illustration. I had a goal this past year. It's great to have goals because without a goal, you may not succeed in life. But I had a goal of reading the New Testament 12 times in, 29, in 2018. And I was starting off great. But I did not read it 12 times. I was short by my goal by three times. I read the New Testament nine times throughout 2018. I only share that because, listen, God has given us his word, and it's so important that we spend time. I'm not saying you need to read the New Testament 12 times. I'm not saying that at all. But what I am saying is that we need to spend time every single day in the word of God. The more of the word of God we put into our mind, the more our words and actions will be glorifying in the sight of God. You know, there's just something special about opening up the word of God and reading it. You say, I don't like to read. Well, that's okay. You can download the YouVersion Bible app and it'll read it to you. Thank God for technology. <laughs> read the word of God this year. You know, listen, you don't have to read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, but I'm just encouraging you. I want you to read the word of God at some point every day. At some point every week, every month, 
this year. But then meditation moves a step forward. Spend time reading the Word, but I also wrote on this. Spend time studying the Word. Spend time studying the Word. You see, reading the Word is great. We just read a verse, uh, three verses in the book of James, and we just read it. But then, but then when we study it, that means we go into it and we look at some of the specific words, some of the key words in the passage that we read, and we look up the meaning of those words, whether it's in the English or whether it's in the original language. And then we, we study it, and then we go to cross-references, and we look here and we look there throughout the Word of God. The Bible says precept upon precept, line upon line, here a little, there a little. That's how we study the Word of God. You know the greatest commentary on the scriptures? It's not, um, listen, it's not Warren Wearsby, as much as I like him. It's not John MacArthur, as, as much as I may like him. Listen, it's not Adrian Rogers. It's not, it's not uh, J. Vernon McGee. It's not any of those people. The greatest commentary on the scriptures is the scriptures themselves. I, want, I read a great commentary on the book of Matthew one time. You know what it was? It was the book of Matthew. <laughs> I read a great commentary on the gospel of Mark one time. You know what it was? It was the gospel of Mark and the Holy Spirit of God. Study God's Word this year. Dig a little bit deeper. Grow in your knowledge of the Word of God. I know that I'm a pastor, and pastors, in a sense, dedicate their life to studying the Word of God. But listen, you don't have to be a pastor to dedicate your life to studying the Word of God. You can be a child of God sitting right there and serving here in our church. Spend time reading the Word. Spend time studying the Word. But then, here I wrote down this. Spend time pondering the Word. May I take you back to the Old Testament law in Deuteronomy? You remember in Deuteronomy it talks about how they, they took the, the law and they put it on the, the door of their household. The Bible talks about how they put that law on their foreheads. The Bible says in Deuteronomy that, that in that Old Testament time period that what they did was when they went to bed... They talked about the Word of God. They thought about the Word of God. When they rose up in the mornings, they thought about the Word of God. And then throughout their day, they thought about the Word of God. As I look back at 2018, my oh my, how I'm convicted of how little of time I thought about the Word of God. And how much I thought about other things. That is Bible meditation. It is reading the Word. It is studying the Word. And then it is thinking about what We've read. So many times I've made goals to, to, you know, read the New Testament or read the entire Bible a certain amount of times and all these different things. And a lot of those times I find myself just checking the box, saying, all right, I've done, the, done my duty for the day. I've done this. But that's not what Bible meditation is. So shame on me and shame on us for just reading the Bible to appease our conscience. You know, you're far better to read one simple verse of the Word of God Look up the words in that verse and then think about that verse throughout the day than to read the New Testament nine times out of the year. But I wonder, do you have a goal for this year? Do you have a strategy? You know, if you want to succeed in your business, you got to have a plan. you got to have a strategy. And if you want to succeed in your walk with the Lord, you got to have a strategy. I can help you. If you need help, let me know. Give God 2019 by meditating in the Word. Remember, if Christ is not our identity, then we will live a life of vanity. I believe the greatest thing we can do in 2019 is devote this year to meditating in the Scriptures. May I share with you a second way or second step that we can give God 2019? I wrote down secondly, give God 2019 by mandating time for prayer. Give God 2019 by mandating time for prayer. 
I had lunch with a retired pastor at Chick-fil-A in Valley View a few weeks ago. And here's what he told me. He said, we need a time, we need a place, and we need a plan when it comes to our relationship God. He asked me these three questions. When are you going to meet with God? When are you going to meet with God? Or excuse me, when and where are you going to meet with God? And then number three, what are you going to do when you meet with Him? Psalm 5 says, My voice shalt thou hear in the morning, O Lord, and the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee, and will look up. In Genesis, there were two people that the Bible says walk with God. You remember who they were? Shout it out if you know it. Enoch and Noah. The Bible says in, in Genesis chapter number 5, two times that Enoch walked with God. The second time it says, you know, it says he, he was not, for God took him. That means he escaped death. Wouldn't that be great? Wow, I would love to escape the pains and agony of death through the rapture. But, you know, God knows that. I, I, we don't. So we just, should just expect that we're going to kick the bucket one of these days like everybody else who's lived this life. But there the Bible says, Enoch was not, for God took him. He walked so close with God that God said, well, your time on earth is done and I'm going to let you escape death. Noah, the Bible says that, that in that generation, in Genesis chapter 6, the world was so wicked and perverse. Can you imagine how wicked the world was compared to today that God was just going to destroy it all with a flood? And there the Bible says God looked down into all the earth and the Bible says that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord and that Noah was a just man and upright in all his ways and Noah walked with God. We walk with God by spending time with Him in prayer. Jeremiah said, call, or the, the prophet Jeremiah writes words of the Lord. He says, call unto me, and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. In Daniel chapter number 6, you know, we, we see and observe that, that Daniel lived in an age like, like we do today. That is, if we decide that we're going we're gonna to spend time praying, yeah, eventually somebody's going to ridicule us and make fun of us. Like, do you actually believe prayer works? <laughs> Absolutely I do. Call me crazy, call me fanatical, call me a Bible thumper all you want to. I know prayer works because the Word of God says it, and I've seen God answer prayer in my life. But Daniel lived in an age where there was a decree said that you could not pray to this certain God of the Scriptures. And the Bible says in Daniel chapter 6, verse number 10, that he went to praying as he did a four time, three times a day. And there they took him and threw him in the den of lions. And God stopped the den of lions. Jesus said, if you ask anything in my name, that simply means according to God's will, he will answer it and he will do it. In Hebrews chapter 4, the Bible says, let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may find help in our time of need. And I like what James says in chapter 5. He says, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Here's what I wrote down. Begin and end each day with prayer. That's the goal. That's the goal. We may not always meet that goal because God knows I failed that throughout 2018. But here's what I wrote down. Begin and end each day with prayer. We can either say, good Lord, it's morning, or good morning, Lord. I also wrote down the acrostic, as you all have heard it all your lives. Acts, adoration. Simply means... When we walk into the presence of God, we, we can exalt His name and say, We praise you, God, for all that you've done in our lives. We give you glory 
for everything that you've blessed us with. Walk into his presence. The Bible says in Psalm 100, enter his gates with thanksgiving and to his courts with praise. So when we go into God in prayer, let us praise him for what he's done in our lives. Has he blessed you? He's blessed you with another year. Yeah, 2018 may not have been your best year, but hey, now it's 2019. That year is in the past. And now we can learn from it and move forward. And we can praise God for getting us through 2018. Whether it was good or bad or ugly or everything in between. Adoration, then confession. When we pray with adoration, pray with confession, we, we have to say, God, forgive me of my sin. I'm thankful today that I don't have to go to a closet and talk to an earthly priest. I can get on my knees and I can talk to the heavenly priest who intercedes between man and God the Father on our behalf. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I'm thankful today that, that the day I received Christ as Savior as a 16-year-old young lad, that Jesus then at that moment forgave me of everything that I would ever say or do for the rest of my life. And he took my sin and he threw it at the bottom of the ocean and he's cast it as far as the east is from the west to forget it and remember it no more. Pray with confession. Pray and confess every known sin and unknown sin in your, in your life. Because the last thing we should want to do is to give up the ghost and stand before God with unconfessed sin. Maybe you're here today and you've never trusted Christ as Savior. Maybe you've never called out to Him for forgiveness. Well, you better do so before it's eternally too late. Because the Bible says if you do not receive Jesus' payment on the cross 2,000 years ago, how He died a gruesome death, and how His body was broken and His blood was shed, and how He rose victoriously from the grave to give life to all of us today. If you don't do that, then, my friend, you will spend eternity separated from God in a horrible place the Bible describes as hell. Pray with adoration, pray with confession, but I also wrote on this, pray with thanksgiving. I quoted Psalm 100, it said, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Thank God, just thank him. I was at one of my family members' house recently for a Christmas party, and on their refrigerator, it said something like this, count your blessings every day. I believe that if we were to just write down the blessings that God has given to us and we just thank Him for it, it would outweigh all the other stuff that's in our lives. Are you thankful for a new year? I am. Are you thankful for another day to live? Are you thankful for a fresh start? You know what the, you, you know what the Christian life is? The Christian life is a series of new beginnings. And this is a new beginning for all of us. Pray with adoration, pray with confession, pray with thanksgiving, but I also wrote on this, pray with supplication. Supplication is, is a time where we lift up our requests and lay them at the feet of Jesus. You see, it's more than just a genie in a bottle. Pray with adoration. Come into his presence, lifting him up in praise. Then confess, humble yourself before God and say, God, I am, I am a, a sinner in need of a Savior. And then thank God for how he's ministered in your life and then bring your request to him. God, here's some of the needs in my life. Here's some of the needs in people's lives that I know. But then I also, I also wrote, down, wrote down this. Pray with fasting. There was a time, I'm going to be completely honest with you today. There was a time in my walk with the Lord that I fasted one day a week. And you might say, oh, that sounds very spiritual. Well, actually, it's, it's not because when you study church history, the early church 
tradition tells us that, they, that, that the Jewish culture fasted every Monday and Thursday. But then when the New Testament came on the scene, they changed that and started fasting two days a week, Wednesdays and Fridays. And listen, this was serious stuff. Like they, they fasted and they prayed, something that we don't do today. And, and all I'm saying is this, is that there was a time in my life where I did that. But in 2018, I submit to you, I rarely ever did that, if I did it even at all. I don't even remember, to be honest. So this is a fresh start for me. This is a fresh start for all of us to say, God, we need you. And we believe the power of not just prayer, but fasting. The Bible also talks about the benefits, the health benefits of fasting. I don't believe we should do it for those benefits necessarily, but it's just a reward that God gives us in the natural world. You see, the Bible, Jesus said, when you fast, don't label it out amongst everybody so that they can see it. Do it in secret. The same way with prayer and same thing with giving. Do it in secret. It's nobody else's business that if, you, if you're dedicating a day for fasting and prayer or you're dedicating a sum of money for a certain ministry or for this church in a different area, listen, it's, it's between you and God. But, but hear me well today that God expects us to do it if we want our relationship with Him to thrive. So many times we just live on the survival mode. Like, I'm just going to do enough of my walk with the Lord just to get by. But let's not do that in 2019. Let's take our relationship with God to new heights and to new levels. Let's mandate time for prayer. Let's meditate in the Word. But I want to share with you thirdly and finally today. Give God 2019 by mobilizing the gospel. Give God 2019 by mobilizing the gospel. Not just meditating in the Word. Not just mandating time for prayer. But also mobilizing the gospel. You know the Great Commission is found five times. In Matthew it talks about how go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And it talks about all that different stuff. Mark 16 says go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. Luke chapter 24 refers to the Great Commission. John chapter 20 refers to it. Acts number 1 verse 8 says, it says that after the Holy Ghost will come upon you, you shall be a witness unto me both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and all the way to the uttermost part of the earth. In, in John, excuse me, in Acts chapter 20 and verse 24, I just have to read this verse to you because this verse, I love this verse. Here's what it says. It says, but none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the, of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. You know, as we're meditating in, in James 4, how our life is a vapor and appears for a little time, may I ask as a sobering question, what if this year is your last year? How different would you live this year? How about we just live like this is going to be our last one? How about let's live like Jesus is going to return today? In Romans chapter number 1, I believe that we would take this in and we would apply it more to our lives where, where he said, Paul said that, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And then in 2 Timothy chapter 4, Paul's writing again to this young convert in the faith, Timothy, the young preacher, and he says, Preach the word, be instant in season and out of season. 
I wonder which season were we of in 2018. Here's what I wrote down. Ask God for opportunities to advance the gospel. You know, I was praying for the Lord to give me more opportunities this year to share Jesus with people. And, and sure enough, Wednesday evening, I mean, I didn't have to go anywhere. A lady comes and knocks on the door here at the church before, way before, it was like 5 o'clock, before service started. At, and and um, long story short, she, she was homeless and um, wanted a place to stay here. I said, well, ma'am, we'll be glad to provide you a nice hot meal and food, but just can't allow you to stay on our property. And as we begin to converse, I begin to ask her, I said, ma'am, if you die today, do you know for certain that heaven's your eternal home? And I began there this past Wednesday sharing the message of Jesus Christ with her. But you know the majority of the people that I share the gospel with? I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, Brother Dave. I don't know, maybe it's just the presentation. But listen, I've tried to hone it down and, and make it as clear and, and just as smooth as could be. But, but the majority of people I share the gospel with, you know what they do? They never accept Christ as Savior. And then I hear about all, you know, all these other people who, who just won thousands upon thousands of people. Perhaps they did, perhaps they didn't, God knows. But all I know is this. It's whether you receive rejection or whether you receive acceptance when you're presenting the gospel, God has called us to share it. And who cares how they respond because God is calling us to share it. So many times I cared more about somebody or me pressuring somebody into making a decision. But you know, we're not called to pressure people into making decisions. We are called to make disciples. And so I believe that, that it's like a tree. You know, when an apple's ready to come off the tree, you don't have to like yank it off the tree. You can shake the limb and the apple will fall. I believe that's the same way when we're presenting the gospel. We're called to just shake the tree and when that person is ready through the Holy Spirit, they will receive the gospel. I know that's how I was. Ask God for opportunities to advance the gospel. Then I, then I wrote down this. Take action upon every opportunity to advance the gospel. Take action. Action. Do it. Just do it. Nike said it best. Just do it. So may God help us to do that this year. And then I wrote down this. Be willing to advance the gospel when God calls you. I don't care if you're a senior citizen. I don't care if you're a teenager. We have to say this. God, whenever. God, wherever. God, however. If you want me to advance your gospel, help me do it. If you've never read Ari Tori or any of his works, I want to encourage you to, to, to make, maybe read at least one of his books this year. He was a preacher of yesterday and a, and a great soldier of the cross. But here's what he said. He said, my one ambition in life is to win as many souls as possible. I close with a a few questions. Will you give God 2019? Will you meditate in the Word this year? Will you spend time in prayer? And will you advance 
the gospel. I close with this statement. And I want to change the title of my sermon now. And I want to add two more words. And I want you to add them to your life. Here's what I wrote down. I will give God 2019. Would you say that with me on three? One, two, three. I will give God 2019. Let's say it one more time. I will give God 2019. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to the Jumpstart Your Faith podcast channel. As a token of my appreciation for you listening today, I would like to give you my free ebook devotional called Jumpstart Your Faith, 30 Days to a Renewed Faith in Christ. Just go to www.pastorbrianratliff.com to download it. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast channel to listen to more messages like today's. And if these messages have been helpful to you, please leave a review. If I could be of any help in your spiritual walk, please let me know by emailing me at pastorbrianratliff at yahoo.com. And one last thing, if you're in Roanoke, please consider joining us for one of our worship services at Clearbrook Baptist Church. Until next time, may God's blessings be upon you and have a great week.